The point is simply identifying that there are variables that are out of your control puts you a step ahead or identifying that there's things you don't know and you could know. Mm-hmm. If it drives you to go and prepare more and it drives you to prepare others more, the more you get ahead of the potential crappy situations, mm-hmm. that's how many steps ahead of your competition you are because not everybody's doing that. Too many people just submit to not if it can go wrong, it will, but if it can go wrong, there's nothing I can do about it. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Hello again. We are ready to level up with another episode of Level Up. <laughs> Welcome. It's a nice sunny day today. It's warming up in this city. Right so it stays that way. I, I feel like I was thinking about today's episode and I was thinking to myself, it really doesn't matter what small talk we make or what the subject is. There will be mm-hmm. an easy segue back to our topic, regardless of what we're talking about. Like That's absolutely true. regardless. Yeah. We don't plan these little tidbits here and there, like these intros and these outros. We just say what's up on our minds. We actually do enjoy during podcasts, at least talking to each other. Maybe I'm just speaking, maybe I'm just speaking for <laughs> Otherwise myself here. Not. Well, no, I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't know if people think that this is like uh, some sort of contrived banter that we feel we need to do. But the reality is we don't actually talk to each other like small talky that much. No. We're not, not even really. in the same building right now. So <laughs> yeah. So this right. is well, our opportunity to, to, to connect on a different that's level. That's right. Yes. And connect with you, our audience, who we love. And thank you for joining us today. That was good. Uh, I, all I right. Agree. So concur. let's get into it. I have a hair appointment soon, so I need to get to that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Listen, so my hair appointment, just let me say one thing. My okay. hairdresser got the stomach flu. So it got canceled once and then it got rescheduled for another two weeks. And then I got COVID and now it's three weeks later. So this is a very exciting day for me, I must say. Well, absence of a hairstylist makes the heart go front, grow fonder. Go fronder. Yes, it does. <laughs> go, go fronder. All but right, again, like, like I said, anything you say can and will be used as a segue into today's topic. And today's topic speaks to Murphy's Law. <laughs> Murphy's law and, and, uh, the, the concept behind it, although I can't imagine there's anybody who's never heard of it or made reference to it, but the concept behind it is if anything can go wrong, it will. And, uh, in life it hits all the time, but really I think, uh, in the, in the context of our industry and in real estate, there's a whole bunch to unpack here about the realities of it. I think the, the, the emotions and, and mindset that we build in ourselves as it relates to Murphy's law, and then really mm-hmm. how we prepare and deal with it as well, mm-hmm. whether or not it's actually a thing like it, cause it isn't yeah. an actual scientific law. So let's be, 
Let's be clear here. Yeah. Like, I, like an example is you book a vacation and all of a sudden you get calls from clients wanting to list their home and, and see places and all that. Like that's an example, I think, of real estate of Murphy's Law or maybe any work situation. I feel like even when you're not in real estate, the and, same thing happens. <coughs> oh boy. There it is. As I was about to talk, a cough was coming hmm. because hmm. if that could happen, it will. Can I interject before we get started and lay yeah. on you the actual story of Murphy's Law? Sure. Because I was I curious. Know. I don't know Murphy I, and I don't know, I, his, I didn't I don't know the origins. I, yeah. and I, I know it's his last name and I'm not going to reference names and, and specifics, but I, I thought the actual story was really interesting because it came from a place that isn't really what we make of it today. And I think it plays into the overall narrative mm. of this talk. So the very long story short, because in the interest of time, I'll try to make it brief, was- Try your best. Yeah. Uh, this all came from the 40s. We got to go back to the 1940s. And there was an Air Force base where a bunch of engineers were doing testing to determine the amount of impact a human body can sustain in a crash. This is the test that was going on. So basically they had to get a, a poor subject or a, or a brave subject to actually enter situations where they'd accelerate really fast and decelerate really fast and see what they could take and how they could take and how they react, so on and so forth. Um, and a gentleman named Murphy came and mm -hmm. he was just, just a guy. Uh, his job was to deliver gauges for this for this test so something i guess that would measure the force or whatever um in the test and yada 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 nobody died nobody got hurt but the gauges that he brought malfunctioned when he was there and he was quoted uh when people asked him what happened he said if anything can go wrong it will that was hmm. what he said. And he was pretty frustrated with himself. Now, that all sounds like Murphy's Law. It wasn't coined Murphy's Law at that point. It was actually coined Murphy's Law by the guy who was having the tests run on him, the guy who was the subject getting put into crash tests. Wow. And he considered the entire concept of Murphy's Law a positive. We always look at it as a negative, but yeah. he actually referenced it as the reason we do tests. And the reason the engineers actually were doing the work they were doing, because preparing for something is best done when you've established and identified all the possible alternatives and hmm. contingencies that could take place. And so he referenced it not as a, oh shit, I'm doing something and it's bound to screw up, but rather... Mm -hmm the glass half full approach to that, which is if we don't prepare for things and we don't identify that things can go wrong, mm. we're not going to be ready for them when the time comes that they do. So that's interesting. Uh, and he, when reporters were talking to him and saying what went wrong, he just said, well, it's Murphy's law. And they said, what's hmm. Murphy's law? And, and, and the rest is history. So from that point forward, that, that is the reason we talk about it. It's not anybody that suffered a great a failure or anything it really was murphy himself who just delivered shitty parts to to a test um and was mad at himself mm. but everybody else looked at it as a blessing in disguise because things do go wrong especially when you're venturing into things that are not a hundred percent controlled 
which is everything. Mm-hmm. So is the idea to test and prepare before you actually go into like real life situations type thing? Like, is that the premise, the original premise of Murphy's Law? I think, I think the scientific approach part of it behind it was that, yeah. Like if you are mm. going to be trying something mm. new or, or, mm-hmm. or doing a test of any sort, it's best to know as many of the variables. And if you don't know them, to find them through trial and error versus yeah. calling it a new law. Like if, I don't know, if somebody built a plane without uh-huh. first ensuring yeah, they understood, a, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there were crash landing. Well, there, there yeah. still crashes, right? But that's oh, not yeah. Murphy's law. I think in a lot of ways, that's a function of people who aren't isolating all the variables that either they're supposed well, to, or that they should have figured out before bringing it to market. That's so interesting. I thought honestly, like, like no, it just it changes your. I mean, I do like it. It changes your whole, at least it changes my perspective on Murphy and his law. Yeah, and Mur- Murphy was just a big cynic, but everybody else was like, "Yo, Murphy, we need more of you out there." Yeah, no, but it does in a way connect to the way we interpret Murphy's law. Like, yeah, as you said, like it's the negative approach to Murphy's law where we just like it's the the outcome that we expect to happen in a not necessarily a bad situation just like this is what's going to happen in real life this is what typically happens of course it's going to happen that you know all my clients call me right when i'm about to take a vacation or of course the deal is going to fall through because the mortgage broker couldn't get a shit together like but if we do more planning and um just Ident- identification identifying what's yeah possible. Of, exactly that's going to be so helpful for everybody right well that's why this when we first talked about doing this i mean i didn't know the story but i think yeah. both of us when it came down to how are we actually going to address this rather than just telling a bunch of shitty stories about things that have happened to us right yeah exactly it's about what can we learn from this Mm-hmm. Why is it something that we talk about, you know, and, and where is it useful? And I really right. think the concept in a lot of the stuff we teach and talk about all the time, whether it's setting expectations, whether it's, you know, what to do when things go wrong, whatever, even just systems, mm-hmm. like everything yeah. we talk about is inherently built into this concept of being prepared. And right. I think people take that one step too far when it comes to Murphy's law and they think about, I'm never going to be prepared enough. Right. Like it doesn't, they think like, it doesn't matter how much I prepare, there's something that's going to blindside me and ruin this. Right. Mm-hmm. Or there's a variable that I can't control. And that might be true, but the point is simply identifying that there are variables that are out of your control puts you a step ahead or identifying that there's things you don't know and you could know. Mm-hmm. If it drives you to go and prepare more and it drives you to prepare others more, the more you get ahead of the potential crappy situations, mm-hmm. that's how many steps ahead of your competition you are, because not everybody's doing that. Too many people just submit to not if it can go wrong, it will, but if it can go wrong, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I, or I using it as an ex- or using it as an excuse for not pushing forward on something or not 
being productive in your day because, you know, somebody, your, your kid is homesick and, oh, well, there goes the day I'm going to be home for the rest of the day. And that's it. Like poor me kind of thing. Well, and, and that it's life, like we've touched on it and and it's, well, that's it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. In every aspect of your life. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not running a perfect gauntlet for the rest of your life where nothing is going to go wrong and everything is exactly the way you draw it up in your head. Right. I don't Mm -hmm. care if you're a billionaire with people doing every part of your life for you or the complete opposite side of the spectrum. I think the likelihood of things not going to plan, Mm -hmm. maybe it's, maybe it's, I I shouldn't say it's the same for everybody because I think those who take planning seriously and go out of their way to identify variables and alternatives are going to be better equipped to not run into these shitty situations. But the reality mm-hmm. is we can't just go through life expecting nothing's going to go wrong. No, it's a given. It's, as you Daily, said, it's part of hourly. life. It's, it's, it's not even like, it's, it's, it's interesting that we expect things to go right all the time. Like where, where did we get that thought? that like, it should be that way. Because I feel like if we didn't expect everything to go right, then it'd be better. Well, I, like, I, I know that sounds a little negative, but it's kind of like no, you're setting right, yourself though. up for disappointment every single day because things go wrong every single day well, and we get disappointed all the time. And it's like, but why? That's, that's the irony though. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, that's the irony is that I do think there are different types of people. I don't think everybody is always expecting the best the same way everyone's not always expecting the worst. True. I think, and I think how the people dials, handle it. Yeah. And how people handle it. I think there's like a certain yeah. dial, like, I lean more towards the pessimist side in that Mm -hmm. where I think Mm -hmm. I'm expecting or preparing for more to go wrong than the opposite. Mm -hmm. Maybe outwardly I'm protecting the people around me by seeming more positive. Right. Mm. But what you said there, and I want to, I don't want to get it wrong what you were saying, but like the people who expect the best are leaving themselves susceptible to a bigger (laughs) boom of when bad things happen because they're not expecting it. Yeah, I unless guess they make the it, best of the worst when it does happen, right? Or they just yeah, they deal with it fine. They're just like okay, accept it and then move on and don't dwell on it and all that kind of stuff. So I don't yeah, I don't think we should go around being pessimistic and negative. But I also think that like it's just it's it's hard to figure out how to have that mind mindset shift to think that there's going to be good and bad in your day and. Like, I don't even know, like, just do you roll with the punches and that's, that's how you approach things? Well, I, I think there's another layer to this, which is our ability to deal with surprise mm-hmm. on both sides, because P- I'm very different, you know, like surprises for me. I, I, I would love to have a surprise party and like positive surprises I'm good with, but I don't want to be blindsided by things. And when I am, it impacts me considerably mm-hmm. more than maybe somebody you're talking about who rolls with mm-hmm. the punches, right? Like mm-hmm. I'll deal with it. But yeah. if I feel, and we talked about this earlier today in a different context, if I feel there's something I could have done mm-hmm. to mitigate a bad yeah. surprise, then I'm even harder on myself for the bad surprise yeah. happening. So so maybe in the context like for real estate, like those are the things that we have to think about and plan and prepare for. And I think by 
identifying whether you're going through your day and you know you have showings or a listing presentation or whatever it is, just identifying like all of the things that could come up along the way and how you could deal with it if, if that happens. And I know that sounds like an awful lot, like, but maybe just identifying the, the major parts of your business, listings, buyers, that kind of thing. And just kind of going through like all of the things you've learned, all the things that could come up and ways that you can make sure that you're covering your butt and covering your client's butt um, so that these things are less likely to happen. But when they do happen, you don't feel as guilty because you've prepared everyone for it. And right. you just kind of have to roll with the punches at that point. Right. And it's a, it's a living document or system as well, right? Like the whole mm -hmm. point is this stuff, it, the part of the law that's accurate is that things will go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's going to happen. And when they do, you choose what to do with that. You either get pissed yeah. off and move on and don't learn from it or the obvious take that experience and know you can be prepared for it next time. So in a real right. estate context, if you have every element of, you know, the listing process down mm -hmm. to a T and you've got the things you should check and the due diligence you should do. And um, I don't know, like the, the different variables that could take place with lawyers and with buyers and whatever, mm -hmm. but then you run into a situation where you were prepared for all those things. And then <laughs> I couldn't hold onto the cuff. And then mm -hmm. you get blindsided with something that's never happened to you before. Yeah. That just becomes part of your process for next time. Right. Yeah. And the positive side of Murphy's law is you've now established another alternative and variable that goes into your scientific approach to this because yeah. there's the artistic approach to real estate, which makes all of us unique. And that takes, you know, differentiates us, but there is also a scientific approach, which is a lot of what people talk about when it comes to your systems and it comes to the process that should be relatively consistent at a base level. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that protects you. Right. Yeah. And, and, and makes you more comfortable doing your job and, and makes you the professional among clients and all that. So um, it's about learning. It's about not freaking out when the bad stuff happens, but also yeah. not being nervous all the time. Yeah. Because, you know, looking at it from the perspective that if bad things never happened, you'd never gain the additional experience and knowing how to better prepare your clients for the future. So I think if we kind of think about it in that perspective, because if you just, everything just keeps going right for you, like when are you going to ever learn? And when are you ever going to bring more value to your clients? Because, you know, the shit that happens builds your experience and mm -hmm. your trustworthiness with, with clients. So I think if you kind of take it or try to take it as a positive when it happens, um, I think. I think it could hopefully change your outlook and your approach to how you deal with it. Yeah. Well, th there's nothing wrong though with things going right. So for those of you listening, don't misinterpret that. Yeah. Like if you have a great front to back transaction mm -hmm. or, or experience or relationship. But, yeah. That's, but, but that's the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say that's the outcome of going through the shit or no? No, no. Okay. All, no, all I'm saying is that for me, it's, it's still, it's still rare. And I still don't think there's such thing as perfection, even in the best of times, but 
you do need to embrace those as a bit of a depending. Let me take a step back. It's not necessarily because you've done all the prep every time either. There are those of us out there who are getting lucky, right? And you'll get lucky lucky situations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if it's fresh and this is like your first time and everything went great, you know, it, it can be dangerous, which we've talked about as well, that all of a sudden you feel invincible and you make bigger mistakes the next time because you say, Oh man, that Katie and Daniel didn't know the hell they were talking about. I didn't prepare for shit. Everything went great. I never need to prepare. I've got everything down. Mm. Wait for the mistake to happen. It's fine. It's going to happen and you'll learn then, but Anyway, I'll defer to you because you're holding on to a nugget of, of genius. I'm no, no, no. I'm slowly losing it actually. Um, but Murphy's what law. I was going to, yeah. what I was going to say was that when, when you gain more experience and you know how situations can unfold in this industry, I find that you do develop a little bit of being a little jaded because if something does go very smoothly, you're just kind of watching your back to think, okay, what, what's going to go wrong there? There must be something like coming at me, like whether it's mm-hmm. after closing or whatever. So that that's, that's kind of an unfortunate situation, but it's good to have your, at least your, your senses aware that, you know, make sure, you know, don't just keep going down the easy street. Like, you know, just make sure you're continually watching out for different things that could possibly happen. But the other thing I was going to say was that, especially for newer agents, but even experienced agents, surround yourself like 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 with our brokerage for example like I love that we're so open about just sharing all of the crap that we deal with on a regular basis and I find that that makes all of us stronger because we can now watch out for these different situations without having to go through it on our own. Um, And especially for our newer agents, like if I, if I was equipped with like, just like the openness of what everybody's sharing with them, um, I feel like you're just so many more steps ahead um, than if you were just to kind of go on on this on your own. I feel, I don't know if it's just some people feel protective and they don't want to make it seem like they've messed up before, but Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. We just all have to accept the fact that we do mess up. And if we can share that, not only does it help us, but it also helps our clients. Right. And and it helps our colleagues. Like Mm -hmm. we, we talk about how this needs to be more of a collaborative, collaborative industry and, you know, our success equals our colleagues success and vice versa. That only comes from sharing. It doesn't come from holding it in or from criticizing Right. Like if something goes wrong, I see just as many, if not more responses of people saying some version of like, well, you're an idiot or well, Mm -hmm. you should have prepared for that, where how much more useful is it to say not even, you know, now, you know, for next time, but even when people look at that and into themselves say, now I know for next time. Yeah. Like, isn't it great that this person asked the question? And if there are people who have been through it, share the answer that you had especially when somebody's in the thick of things. I think when people are dealing with problems, you know, they're not sharing to complain, you know, some people are poor me and whatever, and I get it. But most of the time it's people asking for help. And the more we're willing to help each other, the more we as a group collectively can prepare and and protect ourselves against things that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. and, And let's be clear. There are things that we cannot control 
right? You mm-hmm. made reference to kids sick at home, right? Yeah. Like we've been taking turns at turns at home with our kids taking turns with COVID with each of us having taking turns with COVID over the last few weeks. It's going to happen, right? We were mm-hmm. traveling a couple of months ago and I was terrified for weeks mm-hmm. just because we couldn't control whether mm-hmm. or not that mandatory rapid test was going to come back positive for somebody, right? And yeah. if it did, there's no amount of planning or prep that would have stopped it, right? Like mm-hmm. every, and, and there's nothing wrong with being aware and doing what you can to mitigate a risk, but sometimes a risk is going to be there regardless, right? Is there a risk your clients won't get an appraisal on a place? Is there a risk that interest rates will go up or not go up as much as you thought when the announcement comes and it'll impact things more, right? Is there a mm-hmm. risk demand goes up, goes down, supply goes up, goes down? There always is. And it's up to us to be the smartest people in the room and understand what it means when things happen. But we can't control the things that are out of our control. How deep is that? Yep. I know. So deep. So it's deep. Amazing. You can't um, control what you can't control. That's almost as dumb as it, it is what it is. I hate that line. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> what else would it be? It is what it is. Not what, what it is. What it is what it's not. That doesn't make any sense. Such a stupid waste of a comment. Yeah. But no, yeah, no, no thanks I, to those of you who say it. I say it all the time. So I take offense. Well, thanks that's like, that's like when someone says with all due respect, what, oh, they're, ac- what they're actually saying, because it never, that never precedes. That just means thing. you're, a, you're a dumb idiot. That's what that means. Right. To that's me. me saying with all due respect of which there is clearly none, because <laughs> if there exactly. was respect due, I wouldn't say the asshole thing I'm about to say with all due yeah. respect, you're an idiot. Well, yeah. so what are you saying that you have no respect for me? Or mm-hmm. that with the respect that's due to me, I'm still stupid. Or I'm, I, and, and I'm supposed to feel good about it because you opened with that line. Oh, well, it's with all due respect. So yeah, I guess I am. But yeah, it's, it's those you. lines that people say before they like completely it, like insult Rip you. you. That's, yeah, there's, there's other ones too. I, could, I can't think of them right now, but I feel like there's so many ones like that. Re- respect but, is that, but like respectfully. Yeah. I mean, when someone says respectfully, I dis- disagree. I mean, I guess that's that's a little closer to normal because if someone's saying like, "Listen, I that's hear okay. what you're saying," that's okay. I'd rather say somebody. I'd rather somebody say respectfully, "I disagree," versus "I disagree," or "You're yeah. wrong." <laughs> There's so many ways you could say it. Yeah. There's like a spectrum, right? But anyway, I think that it's. Um, I don't know. I, I like this topic, and I was very, I'm very, I was very interested in the origins of it, and just makes me think about just taking the positive route and preparing before going out there in real life as much as possible. And as you said, like some things you can't control. And I do find when you let go of the things you can't control, it's funny how those things get resolved a lot quicker than when you're holding onto it and trying to make it work or whatever. Um, So that's, that's another thing. Like if you have a client that's kind of hemming and hawing over a property and they're not sure if they want to buy it. Like you have no control over that at a certain point, right? You give them all the information, they have to make that decision. And if they're not ready now, you continually asking and pushing and providing more reasons as to why they should buy it is going to probably push them away and maybe cause them to rethink a little bit longer than they should. Whereas if you kind of just let them be, I find a lot of times they come back to me a lot quicker. And I'm actually surprised when it happens. I'm like, oh, all right. You know, so 
it's, yeah. it's one of those things that, again, you learn over time, but the more you talk to people in this industry and get the different perspectives that they have and the situations they've come into, um, I just think you're that much further ahead. Yeah. Martin Murphy's law is a good thing. That story just broke in this podcast. It's a positive. It's a good breaking thing. news. This just Murphy's in law is not what you thought it was. And, and dare I change Murphy's law? I'm about to create Steinfeld's law. If, if Murphy's <laughs> law, if Murphy's law is, if it can go wrong, it will. I'm yeah. going to tweak it to what I believe we've learned here, which is if it can go wrong, it can. <laughs> Not it will, because you just need to know the possibilities are out there and prepare for it. You don't need to expect everything's going to be the worst thing ever, because that's not the way to live your life. But yeah. just being aware and not blind, we're all about transparency. Yes. So look for things, identify things, and just be smart about what you're doing, right? Don't yeah. live life thinking you're always going to walk under a ladder and fall into a sewer as you're walking down the street. That's true. But know the sewers are there. That's right. And I know I have a hair appointment soon. So I want to sign off here. So if I do run into traffic, I'm not going to be freaking out and frustrated that I'm going to get there late. That is, that is a genius approach to your hair appointment. Thank you. I try my best. Anyway, it was a good week. Good, good talk. Thanks for your insight and your brilliance today about Murphy. <laughs> uh, me and Murphy. And if, you know, it's funny. I and, made up that whole story. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> that, that's, a that's a tough one to make up. Although I read it and it's possible someone else made it up as a way to teach a or lesson. You misinterpreted what it actually meant. But anyway, <laughs> it actually like is. Murphy I just like rolled over in his grave. He's like, no, 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 Yeah, no. that's not what that was. It's that's all okay. lies. But if you guys are in the GTA and you are looking for a brokerage that is open, transparent, sharing, collaborative, hit us up because we'd love to chat with you. Hit us up. That's all I got. Hit us up. I don't know how to hit us up. Go to, I don't know, visit us on our Instagram. Go to all, all our socials. At Get on the Block. Yeah. At Get on the Block everywhere. We yeah. will see you. DM us and we'd love to chat. Facebook me. Tweet me, <laughs> DM me. All right. All on that things. note, have a great day. Don't fall in any sewers. Bye bye.